you know what the best part about an anonymity is, Jeffrey? A C an anemone? Anen an what's it called? Anemone? Anonymity? Oh, so not the ones like that not the one in Finding Nemo? No. Um Well the good thing about anonymity is uh you can say shit and people don't know who uh who you are. Kind and... of like us actually, because uh all all our listeners here are just two voices talking about hockey and random stuff. They don't actually um that's why it's good to have anonymity. So when you're anonymous, you tend to be a bit more um what's the right word to use? I wouldn't say truthful, but more open with your answers. Is that the right word to use, Jeffrey? Uh, I like truth. Uh, I don't know about truthful. Maybe like you, you don't sugarcoat stuff as much. You don't. Um, you feel like you you are able to say what you actually want to say. Like mm-hmm. there's no like gloss and glamour to your answers. It's all like straight up facts. So. What's the big problem? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I'd say problem. What's the big problem for many fans when they are watching TV and listening to um, the local sports networks interview their favorite hockey players? Well, I mean, like, I think it's it's when you see those interviews, like, on Hockey Night in Canada, like, even, like, tonight, right? Like, people, they have those interviews, but... You don't actually hear, you don't actually get to know your favorite hockey player or whatever sometimes, right? Like, you just hear what they say, right? Like, oh, it's always about the team. It's always about the right answers. You know, pucks in deep. Um, you know, skate hard. Uh, check, finish checks, all that stuff, right? But it's not until, like, after they retire. And maybe it takes a couple years after that before you get those, like, exclusive interviews where you actually hear... Yeah, you get to know more about your favorite player because they're now they're not like they're not contracted to do um like to a team, so they're a bit more expressive, I guess. So what I'm really trying to get at is here that ESPN does this really cool thing every year where they kinda of go a bunch of players, and I think this year is fifty of them, and say, Hey, wanna ask you some hard hitting journalism questions? And you're going to tell us what you actually think. And, um, yeah, that's about it. And, basically, that's what they did this year. And it's come with some really interesting results. Jeffrey, what is? what are they? Well, we, they, they asked a couple of, not really, I guess they're hot topic questions a little bit. But, um, there's some interesting ones. Uh, some about recreational drug use, um, the expansion draft in Seattle, um, locker rooms, a whole bunch of stuff. And we're kind of just, I just think we'll, we'll just go over the questions that I think let's just give some, give people like our point of view on what we think, even though we're not hockey players, but what we think about some of the, the answers, the results from this poll. So, okay. There's one of the, one thing you mentioned, I just want, want to bring up. So recreational drug use. All right, so obviously we don't condone it, and you know, ideally in the world, no one uses it. But let's be honest here: a certain percentage of the population uses recreational drugs. That's a fact. Can we not pretend that no no professional athlete uses recreational drugs? I'm sure that the percentage is less and less every year now. It's not like the 80s anymore, right? But now players are like more taking care of their bodies and everything, but it happens, statistically speaking, people use drugs and NHL players are people and chances are there's probably some one or two of them or some of them use drugs. Can we stop pretending that it doesn't happen and just sugarcoating it? Oh, that's my little rant here, but it's it happens. And I don't again. We don't condone it. It's just let's stop pretending like it doesn't happen. It's just it, I don't know. That's for me. That's really what it is. Really for me. Well, I just think with 
Well, the big thing, I guess, is just with the legalization of weed. I think that's the... I think that's... I wouldn't say it's the drug of choice, but it's kind of like um, if a player decide, decides to use recreational drugs, I guess weed is probably the most common recreational drug they would use, and given legality, it's not, like, illegal. Like, I, I think it would hmm. be bad if... I actually got a counter for that one, though. Like, I, I think if a player does an illegal recreational drug, that's not good. I'm wondering if the NHL had... When they're thinking most commonly used um, recreational drug, if they're talking about marijuana or cocaine. Because if you look at the, one of the next questions on that ESPN poll, the next one's asking if the NHL has a cocaine prom. Yeah. And 10% of the respondents say so said yes. Yeah. So five of them said yes, they have a cocaine prom. Well, not them specifically. But yeah, but sorry. The think, NHL as a whole has cocaine right? prom. Yeah. And like that's the thing, right? Like, Remember, like, 50 people, 50 NHL players don't represent the entire NHL. And given the fact there's 50, that means there's a good chance, at least, of those five answers, two or three play on the same team. So maybe it's one team that sees a couple of players who use use cocaine. Or it could just be the perception that the NHL has a cocaine problem, right? Just from the stories that they've heard. So, I mean, like, I think one of the comments... Like that, because like in this poll, Emily Kaplan does really well for ESPN. Like she also gets it's not just about the numbers; it's also about like what players are saying. And one player said, "Like, has anyone said yes to this question?" Right? Like, it's if you're saying yes, you're identifying that people are using illegal drugs. And I'm pretty sure if it's an illegal drug, right, that's a crime. So, do you want to, um, like, incriminate someone? you know that they have a cocaine problem, but you're not really doing anything about it. So it's it's a touchy topic for sure, I think. So there is one question that's on there that I know Jeffrey is just absolutely waiting to roast me on. Well, well. Um, let's get it out. Let's get this done. What is it, Jeffrey? So with this uh, poll here, one of the big things was um, I think – a lot of people, when this this came out, it was kind of shitty for Winnipeg. Um, it was which road city do you dread the most? And forty two two percent of the people polled out of the fifty, so twenty one players said Winnipeg. Let's just hear your rebuttal first before we actually get into some of the comments people are saying. My rebuttal for this is, I think. You're not here when the weather's good for many of these players. Um, so you're here often when it's like really snowier and everything. And um, downtown, where I assume many of the players are staying, there's really not much to do. It's very like quiet. It's not like a Toronto where it's always buzzing, right? Winnipeg kind of dies out when it gets dark because it gets a little too cold. So there's like, there is things to do. You just kind of have to know where to go. And again, the weather's not great, you know. Downtown's a little sketchy. So I'm not surprised. And don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, that's my rebuttal. <laughs> I guess that wasn't the re- rebuttal you were expecting, were you, Jeffrey? No, I was I was thinking more you're just going to go fuck you. No, no, but I fully, I fully uh, am on board with that one. I, could, I would say maybe not the worst, but it doesn't surprise me it's up there. Yeah, well, it's... Buffalo's number two, and I mean, I've I've been to Buffalo a couple of times to go, like, I've gone there, like, shopping once or twice. So then I've actually been in Buffalo for an extended period of time. Everyone just, if you're in Buff, if you ever want to go to Buffalo, most of the time you just stay in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. Like, that's the, like, the good side. That's probably the second, the second one. Yeah. Like, if someone asked me, like, who, who, if... Where, like, where would you think here it is? I'd say probably Buffalo. It's cold, it's snowy, yeah, I, it's not much to do. Like, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. And, like, well, my, like, you, like, you just look at the comments. Everyone's basically going off against Winnipeg. A couple of people defend Winnipeg, but, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed my visit to Winnipeg. It was, it was a, 
it was a good visit. And I do get the sense like there isn't much to do and that's something that needed you to work on. I like they're in the downtown core at least compared to like teams like Carolina, right? Where you've just played in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. Buffalo I, I can see Buffalo. Let's go with that. It doesn't I mean not yeah. Buffalo, Winnipeg. I can I totally understand why players say Winnipeg. And I live here. So <laughs> that's all I know. Um, well, my favorite thing, like, remember when we talked about anonymity? It's like, it's good to keep anonymity if you want to, like, say stuff. So, like, in this poll, these players are going to, like, comment on stuff that, you know, in theory should not get back to them. But let me just read you this comment about this. So, he, they responded. Do we have do we have an investigative reporter here right now? What is this? Yes. Jeffrey's got some breaking news so no okay it's not breaking news but <laughs> like, sorry go ahead so so with this question it was like which road city do you dread the most someone commented one of the nhl players buffalo always feels cold and dark i have an eight team tra- no trade list and that's one of my cities on it I know we love anonymity, but how many players in the NHL have an eight-team no trade list? Like you basically kind of identify yourself as one of the people commenting. Uh, so, what has your investigative journalism told us? So, I have found six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There are thirteen players who have a eight-team no trade list this year. I'll rattle off the names. I don't know. I, it's hard to identify who. I think we could probably cross out um, Michael Grabner, probably. I think... Um, I just feel this is probably an American. Or at least... like uh, Probably isn't going to work for it, Jeffrey. You're, uh, you're speculating here, so let's not take him on out. Let's, let's just hear a list. Let's hear a list. Okay. So, Patrick Eves, Tori Krug, Kyle Palmieri, Phil Kessel... Michael Grabner, Alex Goligoski, Jason Demerds, Brad Richardson, TJ Brody, Brandon Tanev, Antoine Roussel, Riley Smith, and Jonathan Marshall. And this is, well, I mean, I, maybe I caught some wrong, but this is based on like what it says on Cap Friendly on their contracts, their modified no, no trade clauses. These were the 13 players I found that had uh, an eight-team no-trade list this season. So, so how many I mean, of these players have played in Buffalo before? Um, zero. But like, it's like they've they've visited. Them, oh, no, I was gonna say like, we could probably take off people who've played in Buffalo before. Yeah, none of them have. Okay. None of them have. Okay. And I think like if you if they had played in Buffalo, they'd probably like it a little bit more because like they would actually know what to do in Buffalo. I feel like a team visiting, right? Like they go there and then they stay there for like a night and then like they just don't do like like they'll stay there for the night and then head off to the airport the next day type mm-hmm. of thing. So So like one thing I don't know like I would probably take out Michael Grabner just because I think it's I think this is a North American player who said it. Who knows? My who knows? Reporting. But we've broken it down to eleven to thirteen players, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's Phil Kessel simply because, um, I don't know. It's just a lot of speculation we're going with here now, Jeffrey. Well, I'm just thinking, right. He played for Toronto for a lot of seasons, right? So I'm thinking like for Toronto teams, right? They're, they're basically in and out of Buffalo. Like they don't stay in Buffalo. So I'm assuming that they probably leave Buffalo right away. I don't know. That's that's just my my take on it. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to speculate on any of them. No. Well, and also, I don't think any of them are live are from the Buffalo area too. So it's kind of hard to you know cross out some of these guys. But I mean, at least like out of the 300, 400 players in the NHL, we've narrowed it down. So if you're ever going to talk anonymously, anon- basically the last anonymously. Sorry, my I uh, can't speak today. But uh, yeah, if you're going to talk anonymously, don't give out like things that can identify yourself, right? Like it just, it's just stupid, right? But that that that's my that's my rant about this poll. You know what I'm curious Nothing about, actually. Right? So usually, um, 
lot of hockey players are very like reserved that type of thing right if you look at like look at the nba for example when you're at the pregame you have players dressed in the most wild suits and whatnot right but the, you know nhl players kind of standard very conservative type of type of dress uh, I think we see some more personality recently with how players dress when they come off the bus. I think we've seen a bit more, bit but more. it's nowhere near like the the NBA, right? Yeah. Question that surprised me was saying, "Hey, would you feel comfortable appearing in a national ad campaign, or do you feel it'd be too much distraction for your team?" I'm surprised that 64% of the players said yes. To be honest with you, I thought it'd be much less. You know, with the hockey players being such a oh, this is a team game type of thing. You know, we we worked hard on our team, and it was a pucks in deep. It was all the team game, team game, right? I'd, I'm surprised that there, it was more so many yeses, and it wasn't. Oh no, I'm not interested in this. You know, this is a distraction for the team, and the team trying to work together, and we're trying to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, that's that's where I'm really surprised. I'm surprised that it was, should have been much higher, in my opinion. The no's. Well, I mean. I mean, we don't know which, how many, what, who were, who were pulled, but out of those fifty players, right? How many people would actually ever get offered a deal like that? Like, how many of them are stars that would, you know, like? Would you not also like if you were a player that wasn't a star and weren't making a lot of money? Would you not like be like, hey, fuck it, I don't care about the team. Let me just do this ad, make the money off of it, and then. Go from there. I don't know. To be honest, that's where I'm surprised. Surprised it'd be less, just because maybe. Th- but like the thing is, you would think the third, fourth line guys would be less likely to do something like this, just because they're thinking, "Oh, you know what? I don't want to be a distraction because I can be easily cut, or whatever." Right? Yeah, but then at least you get paid for your sponsorship with whichever company, right? But I do get you. Like, like NHL is. Hockey players are very, not very, but like relatively conservative. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if conservative was the right word, but yeah, I definitely like they're more introverted. Or the perception they give is more introverted. Let's go with that. Yeah, they're more team focused. So, like, they would want to do what's best for the team most of the time, mm-hmm. even if the team screwed them over sometimes. But they would. Do it. So yeah, it's definitely curious that more, I guess, more players this generation they're getting, they believe that like there be more, they're focusing on themselves more than the team, as you can see in the most recent RFA deals. Ooh, a little bit of shade there, Jeffrey. And, uh, the one more I was actually really surprised about. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, it's just like you know we've always talked about NHL being very, like the perception is that everyone's very focused. Everything's for the team, and then all you see all these RFA contracts that are, you know, players are looking out for this, themselves, which is good. But at the same time, it's like, like sometimes it's like for the fan that wants their team to win. Like I cheer for the Leafs. I I, I didn't like seeing, you know, Marner and Tavares making like that much, like signing those contracts. I guess personally, I mean, my team's already in cap hell, right? So. I am okay with <laughs> with it. Yeah. Well, LA LA didn't offer any bad deals except for all of them. <laughs> well, that was previously. I mean, this summer they didn't really do too bad. I guess. I'm surprised there's not more. Uh, there's not more players with burner accounts. To be honest with you, Jeffrey, I assume that you know, with the age of social media, players kind of want to know what's going on, what the latest rumors are, maybe a little bit of gossip on TMZ or something. <laughs> but, um... Question, question. Do you have a burner account? I am not famous enough to have a burner account. <laughs> but we don't have a burner account either. I don't think we do. Or maybe I do. We're also maybe famous. I just have a burner account. I just don't tell you. I just don't even have Twitter. So... Yeah, Jeffrey only has a I, burner I, account. His um, little revelation here. His uh, his username is uh, at four five j x three five seven eight two nine a b y z. All right, so make sure to follow that on Twitter. If you want to hear Jeffrey's deepest thoughts, I don't have a Twitter account. See what I mean? We never tell you that. But yeah, no. Like going back to the Twitter, like, well, there's that whole story in the NBA about like burners, right? With um, the Sixers GM and was it Brian 
former Raptor GM. I forgot his last name. It's like Colli Colliangelo. Colliangelo. Yeah, like, I mean, like, because the players are famous, right? They have their the persona, but they also want to have like a private account that they can, you know, that way, like, what they do on their private account doesn't like maybe they they. I don't know. It's just like they want to keep their professional life and their private life separate. So I'm I'm okay with a burner account as long as you're not. Doing oh yeah, I'm fully okay with it. I'm just surprised that it was such a low percentage. Well, I mean, also how many people like I I think so. Like some of these questions are a little bit biased, like the cocaine question and this question, right? Yes, it's anonymous, but how many people still answer truthfully each time? Right? There's still that bias that like if you said yes to it, then it's still it it, it kind of like looks. It seems bad to you, I guess, right? Like, if you said no, you could still have it, but no one, like, no one's ever gonna know, right? But if you say yes, it's like, I don't know. I just think I have like, no, I have know. no clue what you're going with here. But yes, Jeffrey, you go, girl. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, right? Like, if you say that you have a burner account, right, that's gonna like lead to more questions. And even though it's anonymous, it's still like. Now people are going to have the perception that all players have a burner account. So I don't know. I mean, it's player has a burner account. It's really not a problem, honestly, with me at least. Yeah. No, I don't think it's. Yeah, it's not a problem. But it's definitely interesting that you know some people do say I would just not say anything about it and and just leave it there. So that's just my own personal preference. Um, and I I guess. I was looking at like the first two questions. I don't know why they were even thought about questions, but they're basically talking about the worst and best visitor lock- visiting locker rooms. I mean, uh-huh. I, I always thought just everything was just going to be symmetrical. Like it just makes sense to me. You have a rink that's symmetrical. You put seats all around it, fairly symmetrical. So wouldn't the dressing rooms just be symmetrical? Like you would just have, you know, the the one the home locker room on like behind the bench right there the visitors right beside same size it just makes sense to me that'd be equal i never thought about that like um maybe the locker rooms are actually worse for the visitors or maybe maybe the home locker rooms are also bad too it's just that we don't know about it but i just think it's interesting that there's a difference between the home and the visiting locker rooms personally Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, no, you kind of want the visitor locker room to kind of be as, as uncomfortable as possible. So they're just like, ugh, I'll just get out of here. Like, you know, when you're comfortable, you play good, right? So, you know, as uncomfortable yeah. as possible. Just there's a little competitive advantage, and I'm all for that, you know, to be honest. Yeah, man. We're not here yeah, to make friends, like, make friends, not drink. Yeah. And now that I see Boston's number two on that list and Washington was number one, I can see why the Leafs lost the last couple of years in the playoffs now. Just kind of makes sense to me now. There you go. I'm finding too comfortable. Excuse now for the Leafs. Yeah. Like, but then at the same time, I think this may be too meta, but wouldn't you also like want to have a nice locker room as a marketability to players that you want to sign in free agents? Maybe be like, hey, no, nice you want to no, you yeah, a good home one, not a good away one. No, you get a good home like, one, maybe you like you want to there, but if you go away one, well, no, because yeah. when this player signs for you, they're not going to go in the away locker room, they'll go to the home locker room. No, but then they know the home one's even better than the visiting one, so then they'll be like, hey, this organization spends money on its facilities, like, this is a good, um, like, uh, a good a team that uh, takes care of their players, yeah. Basically, right? Is, I don't know, that's a little too, too meta, meta for me. Yeah, is that too meta maybe? or I think a little too meta for me. Yeah. Well, and then you look at the opposite side, the teams with the best visiting locker rooms. Edmonton, Vegas, Detroit. Uh, um, okay, I, I, I know the reason why they have the best visiting locker rooms. Can you tell me why? I don't know why. Give, give it a guess. I'll, I'll let you have a guess here. Edmonton, I don't know. They just had a renovation. <laughs> Basically, you're close. Basically, right? The last three are- NHL arenas to open. Oh. Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Rogers Place in Edmonton, and T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Well, there you go. I guess Seattle's going to be up there next year. Ones, 
Yeah, basically, right? If you've got the nice new locker rooms, it's the best one, basically. Or maybe it's just the fact that maybe, you know, teams aren't as calculated anymore and not try to, like, treat their visitors like shit so they play like shit. Maybe everyone's just like, hey, we didn't be equal, you know. Or maybe it's just, like, you know, it's newer. It's newer. It's not, like, dirty from, like, past teams. It's, yeah. It's not, like, an old rickety building, right? Like, like the team, like, all the, like, the, I guess, I can't, I think, the, like, the first five, like, the, the worst ones, right? They were all built before the 2000s, mm-hmm. so... Maybe they're just a little bit older. Not to say, like, old buildings aren't good, but, you know, it seems to me that having an old arena is uh, not doesn't have a great visitor locker room compared to a newer building, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right, okay, with that being said, let's start the show proper. We're, like, how many minutes in right now? 20, 25 minutes in? Okay, we'll start the show now. You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we're back. Wow, Jeffrey, we totally started the show proper and on time. Don't you love that, Jeffrey? No, we were supposed to start... We were supposed to record... Well, it's partially my fault, partially your fault. It's always Jeffrey's fault. It's never my fault. I am the star. Okay. Fuck that. Anyway. um, Well, we talked about the player poll already. And I think one of the other things that... It didn't come up in the NHL. Well, it's more of a basketball story. But um, basically, I don't know how many people are listening, you know, follow basketball. But basically, um, there's been a question about rest and load management in the NBA. And so what exactly do does that mean, Jeffrey? Can you explain well, to our listeners it, and me what load management is? Well, I don't know like I can't describe it like a hundred percent. Like but basically it's like you rest your star players every once in a while during the NHL regular season. I mean NBA Why do you do that, Jeffrey? Well the well the theory is that like you keep your stars fresh or like you know, being Trentonian, right? Kawhi Leonard, he was he had load management, right? They would put like a minutes cap on him. They would restrict him from playing, you know, on the second game of back to back, just so like they don't, you know, not tire him out necessarily, but you know, not have him like reaggravate or reinjure. I think it was his, his knee. I think they were saying previously, quad. but basically, quad close enough. I was in in the right area, but um, basically the. Way for load managers, you know, that way when you're during the playoffs, right? They can, you know, give it their all type of thing. So, do you like NBA plays 82 games? They've got star players that need to be rested. NHL has 82 games in a regular season and they also have star players. Do you think load management is suitable in the hockey world? I say no. Um, I get why load management happens, and that's great. But when you're looking at you know these guys who are under load management type of things, um, you know they're used to playing what 30, 40 minutes a game, and that adds up, right? And they're you know they're sprinting the entire time. However, if you look at NHL. You're seeing guys who are playing 20 minutes game, 25 minutes game. I like, I think, you know what? I think I'm gonna revise my answer. I don't think it's a a no always, but it's a very rare scenario. So you know, after a guy who's come back yeah. from a major injury, you might want to do a little bit of load management there. But on the whole, no, just because you know you have guys who are playing who are playing less minutes, right? So at the end of the day, like I think it's probably better off to just ease on the load a little bit, um, like. Yeah, they're just not playing as much, so that, I don't know why you need that load management. It's still a new thing going on. Like, you know, with a lot of the the pipeline for the NBA is, you know, starting when you're very young and you're just nonstop, right? In the ho- hockey world, I think they do try a little encouragement to play a little bit of other sports a bit more. So, you know, it's not as much strain on the guy's, like, knees or whatnot. So, I don't know, by the time they're 30 or 31 – 
they haven't been playing nonstop since they were nine years old, right? So I think there's a little bit less wear and tear. But don't get me wrong, there are scenarios. They're just very, very, very limited scenarios. I can see it being effective in the NHL. That's the first one. Second one, it's the culture of the sport, man. Like, if you look at the NBA, it's a bit more individualistic, I'd say. Um, and in the NHL, it's a bit more team-focused, I'd say, a little bit more. Just, you know, how, for example, we look at, speaking before, at the press conferences after the game, it's, you know, it's a lot of, oh, I didn't do this, or I wasn't able to help my team, or I was able to score. It's not just, oh, pucks in deep, we worked in hard, you know, the boys, oh, uh, we're all together. It's a bit more, the focus is a bit more of, of the team than individual, which is not a good thing or a bad thing, per se. I'm just saying it as a fact. And I think the culture doesn't really lend itself to something like that. So that's why I think probably no. But what do you got, Jeffrey? Well, I'm just saying, right? Like load management, there is benefit to the player. But I think it's also, there's a benefit. It's more of a benefit to the team, right? In basketball, like by by being able to have load management, you're keeping your stars fresh. So you're keeping your your asset in good shape so that when you make get to the playoffs, your asset can, you know, play to its full play to the full capability. But like it's not to say like load management actually isn't like we, we see load management in the NHL, right? Like you said before, like when someone comes back for injury, maybe you're not, you know, putting them straight you're not throwing them to the fire right away. But it's also the sense that when a team makes the playoffs, right? You start to see teams in the NHL, it's probably it's either like the second last game or the last game where like at that point their seed like they're they're in the playoffs, their seed's not gonna change or they don't they don't really care where they're seeded. They rest their stars a little bit, you know, in the se- in the second last game, last game. Same as the NF- NFL, like in the in like week seventeen, it's basically if you've made the playoffs, you don't play any of your stars because you don't want them injured for the playoffs. So you do see you can't really call it load management. It's more just protecting your play, like your players from injury before the um, NBA. But I do see an opportunity for load management in NHL. But it might be more in a sense. But it's it's definitely going to be rare, right? Like you need to have a star team. Like this is it has to be a team that's like they're going to make the playoffs one hundred percent, right? Like you don't see load management for teams that are, you know on the brink of the playoffs or like the rebuilding teams, you don't see that as much for sure. So I think like, and I guess just because with the NHL, right. It's kind of like, I can see it for both sides, right? Like NHL, any team can run, right? Like in a game, it doesn't matter if you have the best team or the worst team. Basically the luckiest team normally wins, right? Yeah. Okay. So like, I guess, like, yes, you can be like, hey, like, it doesn't matter if our stars play. Like, they might improve our winning percentage a couple of percentage, but, like, it doesn't always guarantee us a win. In the NBA, if you're on a star team and, you know, you're resting a guy, you've got other stars to pick up the slack, or you're such a good team that you can give up games, but, but you know, you'll still make the playoffs and you're in a good seat type of thing, right? In mm-hmm. the NHL, there's so much parity, there's so much dependent on puck lucks and um, refs. I hate to say it sometimes, but like sometimes it's like you can like you you want to give your team as best of a chance, right? Like, and in the NHL because of the parity, right? Losing a game in November could have massive effects on you in April, but just because of the parity of the league. And in the NBA, it's not as much, I guess. So, I mean. There, there, there is a case for it, maybe for when like more injury prone players or um, players gain closer to the end of their career, maybe. But like you, I don't think we'll see like star star players ever having load management. But just an interesting concept, I guess. Cool. And with that being said, Jeffrey, we have one more segment left. And what do we do in between segments, Jeffrey? Uh, we have a stoppage of play. TV timeout. And we're back, Jeffrey. So remember a couple episodes we did that little trivia thing about how what teams players were on five years ago? Yeah. So we're going to change it up a little. So I'm, I'm looking at the 2009 
NHL entry draft. And um, I'm going to give you some trivia questions and let's see how you do. You oh, ready? Thanks, thanks for returning the favor and not telling me in advance, but okay. No prep. All right. So with the 16th overall pick. Wait, how, how, how many questions are there? How many questions do you want? We can do five or ten. Your call. Well, how many did we do last time? Six? Six. Oh, no, we, we went, we went, you, you went three for seven, so let's keep it fair. Let's just do seven. And All right. Just so I can prove to you that I can get a passing grade. Compared All right. To you. With a 16th overall pick, Nick Letty was selected by which team? Oh, I know this one. What is it? Okay. Dun, if I remember correctly. Dun, dun, dun. So Nick Letty plays for the Islanders now. He used to play on Chicago. But then... If I remember correctly, that pick was I because I did I was gonna do like um I wanted to do something about like draft picks that you know got flipped around like crazy, that like basically I think it was I think it was Minnesota because I think Chicago Cam Park yeah it was Cam Barker got traded to Minnesota and Nick Letty came back. All right, so with the 31st overall pick, the New York Islanders selected this goalie. He currently plays in the NHL. He was drafted. 31st? 31st overall pick. He was drafted by this team, and he did play for this team, but he was not known for playing for the team he was drafted for. This goalie... And the Islanders picked him. Islanders picked him, but he know he played for the Islanders. But if you ask ten fans right now, I think nine of them would know him for the team he plays for now. Okay, so I've got a couple. Of so okay, let me tell you this much. Head. I think this this will probably give you a little bit of no no no. no. I, he, I think, he played like, four games in the NHL with a team that drafted him. Okay. Uh, um. I was gonna like I think like there's guys like Anders Nilsson, but I think he played more than four games with the Islanders. Um, there's also <laughs> Miko Koskinen, who I knew played for. He got drafted by the Islanders. I don't know if he played four games because I know he went to Russia or Finland. Russia after. Um, who else is an, Who else was an Islander draft pick goalie? Uh, I can't think of any of second, but I don't think third. You said thirty first, right? Thirty first overall. So it's got to be a good, like a decent goalie at least. Mm, no, that's not necessarily. Zach Fakali is drafted in the first round. He's still. I know, but like I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like goalies are a bit more like wilder, so you don't know. I would say I don't know if it's a good goalie or bad goalie. No, but I'm saying like it's got to be like a goalie that you know is like was decent enough in their draft year to be drafted 31st overall type of thing. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any. I'm going to go with Koskinen just because you said like you probably don't know him as much. Ding 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 ding! Two for two, Jeffrey. Thank you. He was drafted thirty first. Thirty first. Was there? Okay, which goalies were drafted before him? Because that must have been either he had a wonderful draft year, or all the other goalies were drafted before him. There were zero goalies selected. Are there any good goalies in that draft at all? Or so the top European goalies ranking was number one, Robin Leonard. Number two, Miko Koskinen. And in third place, we have Juraj Hali. <laughs> he currently plays for he currently plays in Slovakia for HKM um, Zvolin. How about the North American goalies? Oh so in terms of North American goalies, also the ranking was Matt Hackett. Olivier Roy and Edward Pascal. Okay, yeah, that was a that's a, that's a crap year of goalies. I'm sorry to say. 
Um, but the thing is, you know, when you look at goalies, a lot of them aren't like a lot of stars aren't picked till late, right? Like yeah. goalies are kind of because you know we look at the third round, we've got guys like Anders Nielsen on there too, right? Like you know, Igor Bubkov is on there. Like there are some decent goalies from this draft class. It's just goalies. Wait, just- Anders Nielsen was in the same draft. Third round. So the Islanders picked two goalies in their first three. Okay, that's just that was back in the day when was it still Garth Snow's GM back then? That is correct. Okay, I can see why now. Never mind. Okay, I'm ready for question three. I think we we given Miko Koskinen and Andres Nelson enough airtime here. <laughs> All right. Speaking of goalies. What round and what team was Darcy Kemper selected in in the 2009 draft? I know he was drafted by Minnesota. Yeah, but team as in like his uh, as in like his youth team, not his team. He was selected from selected to. Oh, so I didn't know what round. What round? And because I'm gonna make this harder now, you need too many of these. And what team was he selected from? Oh, um, Minnesota. I want to say six. Okay. And team Kemper's Canadian, so it's either the O, the W, or the Q. My guess is he's probably an O goalie. Um, uh, the <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a team. I don't think okay, okay. Edward Pasquale was a Windsor Spitfire. I know that, so it wasn't Windsor. Matt Murray was a Sioux Greyhound. Matt Matt Murray came way later, though. I know, I know. I'm thinking. Shut up. It's my thought process. (laughs) Darcy Kemper. He's not a battalion. Kemper, Kemper. I'm just... I'm going to go on a... uh, This is probably a bad pick. Oh, wait. You know what? I'm going to... I don't think he's... You know what? Let's go random. Uh, the Guelph Storm. Two and a half out of three, Jeffrey. He was selected in the sixth round from the Red Deer Rebels. Yeah. Fuck. And Edward Pascali was actually from the Saginaw Spirit. Was he not on Windsor? He was drafted from Saginaw. All right. Oh, maybe the year after he, he got traded. One of those, you know, like overage goalies. Never mind. This I got an easy one so for you that, next. Three, two and a half out of three. Two and a half? Oh. Yeah. What team drafted Ben Chariot? This one's easy. Fuck. It's got to be Winnipeg, right? So you're going with Winnipeg? Yeah. The Atlanta Thrashers. Fuck. <laughs> two and a half for four. Ah. <laughs> I had the right organization. Fuck. I'll give you that. Yeah. Why did the Leafs have to forfeit their fourth round pick in this draft? They had to what? They had to forfeit their fourth round pick in this draft. The 118th pick is a forfeit. Um. Oh, I know this. It had something to do with Mikhail Grabowski. Is that your answer? He... No, no. It had something to do with a signing. No, no, no. It was um, not not Mikhail Grabowski. It was... Fuck, what was his name? The Swedish guy. Jonas Frogan. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. I remember that. All right. Got three and a half out of... Was it four? Yeah, they they did some shady thing with him when they tried signing him, I remember. <laughs> it was just weird. It was just weird news. 
Who was the goalie that was traded for the fourth round pick that ended up being forfeited? What? The fourth round pick that was forfeited that we spoke of earlier. Yeah. Toronto did not start with this pick. They acquired this pick. And they received a few players for this pick. Name the goalie that was included in this deal for this pick. So they traded a goalie away? They received a goalie as part of the deal for this pick. So they got a goalie and a fourth round pick. No, they received a goalie. um, They received a goalie and two skaters. And this pick for one player. But who is the goalie involved in this pick? In this, uh, sorry, this is trade. Olaf Kolzig. Damn, Jeffrey. Wow. Four and a half out of five. Who, who's, the goal, who's the first thing they traded to Washington? I forgot. They traded Richard Pettiot. Oh, so who the hell is Originally, that? the deal was they took on Petty, uh, Olaf Kolzig's $500,000 cap hit. They got a five. They got a fourth round pick out of it. Wow, five hundred thousand dollar cash for fourth. These days, you can't even get that much. You get a seventh. Um. So wait, oh. I'm at huh? What am I at? Four right and a half out of five. No, isn't it three and a half? I got the Winnipeg wrong. Three and a half out of five. Correct. All right. I'm doing better than you. So this one, this one's pretty easy as well. Name. The captain that was selected not in the first round of this draft. So, for example, John Tavares was selected first and in the first round. Therefore, he's not eligible for this list. A captain, an NHL team captain, is from this draft and he wasn't from the first round. Who is it? 2009 draft. There you go. I made it instead of 1 out of 31, you look for 1 out of 30 by taking out John Tavares just in case you're like, I wasn't sure if John Tavares was a second round pick or like what? Well, not, not all teams have an NHL captain either. There you go. Makes it even easier. I'm like, in my head, I'm just going through all the captains right now. Like, in my head, I'm just thinking about like all the captains who currently are in the NHL. Pretty sure he's the captain. I know, but I'm just thinking. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out if that player is actually the captain. I'm 99 percent sure he's the captain. Yes, oh, he's the captain. He is the captain. Because I'm thinking, like, wait. So he is the captain. He is the captain. Okay, I'm just gonna go through the teams. Boston, no. Buffalo, no. Detroit, no. Florida, no. Montreal, no. Ottawa, no. Does Ottawa even have a captain? I don't uh, think they it's probably Borowiecki, like, deep inside. Yeah. T- Tampa, no. Toronto, no. Carolina. Carolina captains like Jordan Stahl, so no. Columbus, Nick... Ooh, Nick Foligno? He's about to write it. Let me think about this. Okay, Nick Foligno's on the table. New Jersey, no. Andy Green's too old. Who's Islanders captain? Oh, no. Anders, no. Anders Lee is too young. Oh, wait. No. Anders Lee. Oh, Anders Lee's also on the table. Um, Rangers don't have a captain. Sorry, I'm taking it. I want to get this right. Philly, no. Pittsburgh, no. Oh, Pittsburgh, no. Washington, no. Am I taking too long? I mean, they're not going to say no, but you've said enough no's, right? Okay. Colorado, no. Chicago, no. Dallas, no. St. Louis, no. 
Nash. No. Oh wait, no. Oh, it could be Roman Yossi. Fuck. Was Roman Yossi too young? It's, it's got to be someone that's signed. I think it's it's got to be. You know what? I'll go. I'm going to go on a limb. I think we're taking too long. I think it's Anders Lee. You are correct, Jeffrey. Yes. So what? Your so you have one last question. Third round. He was a sixth round pick. Oh fuck! What a steal! All right. So this is uh the last one here, and I'll be very, 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 very surprised if you know this one. Who am I? I was drafted in the what round was I drafted? The seventh round. Sixth round, the sixth round, um, 179th overall, from the Calgary Hitmen to the Los Angeles Kings, and I made my name in the KHL, where I've been a consistent scorer, and in 2016-2017, I was top 10 in scoring in the KHL. So make it, is it okay? I'm gonna make it a little easier for you, Jeffrey. I played in the NHL for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's um the Cozen guy. There you go. That I, gave it away, didn't it? When I said I played for the Leafs. Well, I was thinking about him, but I just didn't know he's old enough. But when he said the Leafs, yeah, I, I knew it was. That guy. I guess I couldn't think of any other guy. I should have said anything. Yeah. Wow, Jeffrey, you got the, you got the, you got all the knowledge in the world there, don't you? All this useless hockey knowledge that's not applicable for anything else except for this podcast and watching NHL games. Well, there you go, Jeffrey. You got any final words there? Any winning words? Uh, I would like to thank my family and my friends for supporting me in winning this trivia contest. You're welcome. Um, I would. Um, I'm very happy. I will. Uh, you know, bring it back home for the fans. Uh, and uh, I'm excited for the next time we try to do trivia. And next time, give you a heads up so I can look over stuff too. But um, yeah, I enjoy trivia. I like. Intri- I like trivia. I don't know about you. I don't know if you like trivia. You must hate it. I don't get over it. Yeah, but yeah, I think you know this episode's been a weird episode. We talked about like what load management. Talked about player pull, and then we did some trivia. But you know what? Uh, it was a fun episode. Fun to record. All right. With that being said, love y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Back Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.